Welcome to Bootstrappers, a program designed to bring you up-to-the-minute ideas and concepts to understand what it takes to succeed in business and life. Each week, we'll bring you guests and ideas you can't find anywhere else. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. Now strap on those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to this episode of Bootstrappers. I am your host, Gwen Aspen, president at Anaquim. And Bootstrappers, if you haven't listened to our podcast, radio show, or vlog before, is a show dedicated to meeting and asking questions to the best and brightest in business and kind of figuring out what kind of tips and tricks they can give us in the property management industry. So even if you're not in the property management industry, these tips and tricks really can be helpful for your life, for business, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, really any kind of business person that you may be. So so let's get hungry, break things, and strap on those business boots. Today, I'm so happy to introduce you to my dear friend, college friend, actually, Sarah Stupak, who is a director at Redwood Interiors. She's based out of Hong Kong. And if you're not familiar with Redwood Interiors, it's a contractor that provides high-quality interiors and facade solutions to the world's premier luxury retailers. Sarah has been doing things uh, internationally in construction for as long as I have known her and uh, has lived in China, England, Argentina, and United States. And being that she's worked with people from all over the world for her whole career, talk about working with different cultures. And I know that's a big fear factor for a lot of small and medium-sized businesses who've never worked internationally before. But given that we're doing so much more over Zoom, um, virtual assistants, or as I like to call them, remote professionals, are becoming a huge thing in small and medium-sized businesses. And also, people are buying softwares from all over the world. So it's not uncommon for a small or medium-sized business person to have somebody from Israel and somebody from the Philippines and Mexico and themselves all on a call demoing a software for a business solution. So um, it's just come up a lot about how you manage and navigate working with so many different cultures. So with that, I'd like to introduce dear Sarah Stupak, who is my such a good friend of mine since we went to University of Michigan. How are you this morning? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. This is like a dream come true for me to do something in business with, with you or just like, I love talking to you about business all the time. And you have had one of the most amazing careers of really any of my friends. And so I, can you walk us back um, to your career path since college about what you've done and how you decided what to do next? Yeah, yeah. So um, I graduated from Michigan with you. Um, and I just had an opportunity for um, an internship in China, actually teaching English for a few months. Um, and I just jumped on it because I just wasn't ready to kind of live in the rat race in the US. Um, I wasn't ready to like buy a car and think about buying a house and feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this stuff. So I said, okay, I know nothing about China. I have no idea like what it's going to be like. I never really studied that much about China. I don't speak Chinese, but 
I'm good. I'm and, ready and let's for- be clear, you grew up in rural Michigan. Yes. Yeah. So this yes. is quite a leap from rural Michigan to, uh, you know, I'm just going to move to China and see what happens. And see what happens. But I just thought it was for three months. So I was like, I can live anywhere for three months, right? Like I can do this. Like if I hate it, I'm just going to move back. So yeah, I did it. And my mom, I remember when she dropped me off at the airport, she's like, you better come home after three months. And I was like, don't worry, mom, like I'll be back. And then I'll, you know, be moving, you know, to DC or somewhere else in, in the US. And I didn't. I ended up staying in China. You never years. came back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm still living abroad. So my mom is, yeah, giving up hope now. <laughs> so when you, uh, so after the three months of teaching English, then what did you do? How did you make a leap into the business world? I just found a job because I just knew that I wanted to stay there. The energy in China when I first moved there was amazing. So, I mean, it was the first time I had lived. Well, I guess it was the second time I had lived in a big city because I'd done a year in um, Buenos Aires before that. Um, But the energy was just so good. um, And there was so much opportunity because China was growing like crazy And so I just landed a job in project management for like a construction materials company. And it was fun. Like I got, um, I got a position that was probably a lot higher than I would have if I lived in the U S just because there was so much growth at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I was like managing people like in my first job. I was like, like right out of college. Yeah. So Never was, really working at a corporation before. It was like <laughs> sink or swim, right? Like just try it and see if it works. And I mean, it was fun. It was just a really fun time. So, so do you remember when you were first working there, some of the cultural things that you found shocking or, and I mean, you're going to be shocked. Even if you were an American kid, just going to a corporation, you're going to be shocked at just how it's not college. But was there anything that you just remember being wide-eyed about? Yeah, I mean, there are so many things, so many things like over the years. But like at the beginning, I think probably the most like shocking kind of things were just like the regular everyday like business etiquette. So um, a big part of doing business in China is like your personal life and your work life are very intermingled. And so there's no like real separation of that. And I really struggled with that at the beginning because I was like, what? I don't want to like go out for dinner with these people. And like, I don't want to. Really? They expected you to hang out with them all the time? Yes. Yes. So like you hang out and like we did like, like in the company I work for, it was a Taiwanese Italian joint venture. So, I mean, those are two really different cultures anyway. And it was in China, but it was like all about like, doing weekend trips together and dinners during the week and team building, but like all the time. And so it was really really tough for me at the beginning because I was like, I have this idea that I have to keep my work life separate and, and my, my personal life separate. So do you still find that Americans are weird in that respect that we're more separate work and life 
or is that yeah. not the same now? It's been a few years. I think so. I mean, I don't know because, I mean, I think it really depends on the person and the culture of the company, right? There's always exceptions to everything. But I do find that, um, like, we just do tend to keep things more private. Um, in the U.S.? In the U.S., yeah. I, I find interesting. In, you know, even working with working with Americans now, like, I'm more... I'm more prone to open up and share something about my personal life than mm -hmm. they would, right? And so sometimes it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of strange. But so, so in China, like in the US, when you go to work, if you're in an office, hmm. there's like that chit chat time, like the 10 hmm. minutes, like when you're getting your coffee and you're maybe warming up something for breakfast chit chat at the beginning and then you get to work, you might chat a little bit at lunch and then right before you leave. Um, is that similar in the, with the cultures you've worked in? So, and, and I would like to broaden it just not just to Chinese culture, but you've worked literally in all these multinational companies yeah. before. So has that varied at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think also like, um, being an expat or like being somebody who lives in another country, like the relationships are kind of different between the, the local Chinese and then the expats as well, because you, you kind of have um, like the chit chat and everything is the same, like when you come in during the day, but then there's just that expectation, like let's hang out after work. Um, let's, let's go for a beer. Let's go for dinner. Because people don't have um, like the expats or the immigrants that that are working in, in another country, they don't have family, they don't have um, other obligations. So it's kind of like, okay, I have time. So why don't I just go out and hang out with with the other people who are in a similar situation as me? But do you think that the the local Chinese people do you think they feel like a, it's hard for them because they feel like they have to entertain you? Um, the, the culture for that is really like at the beginning, I found it. Well, and I mean, I guess that, that is a, that's a good question because the Asian um, culture kind of in general is very hospitable and they really take care of people. And it's all about like serving others, like the the culture in that respect is so nice. Like they'll come and like pick you up from the airport and then they'll take you to the hotel. And like, they like check in on you all the time. Like if you're traveling somewhere, it's really, really nice. But sometimes it can be a little bit much because sometimes you're like, I just want to have my own space. Like I need mm -hmm. to breathe. I want to explore something by myself. Like I don't need somebody helping all the time. Um, so that can be, it's a, it's a weird balance, right? Like it's a, it's a, yeah, there's pros and cons to it. I feel like a princess every time I travel to Mexico because yeah. they are so nice to me and they like take your coat off. They have a stand for your purse. They take out the chair oh. for you. They put your napkin in your lap and then inevitably it's like a buffet because I stay at like a hotel, you know, and then yeah. they pull it out for you and they hold your plate while you go through the line of the buffet. It's like mm -hmm. the so I just wow. feel like a princess, but yeah, being misindependent, it's, it's always like a little like jarring, yeah. but it's very kind. Yeah, it's very kind. And the <laughs> other one is um, carrying things. 
like I realized like I never carried anything and whenever I go back to the U.S. or like a western country when I moved to England I was like shocked like that I had to carry my own suitcase like upstairs because there they don't have like elevators and they don't have escalators a lot of the time it's just stairs and it would be like me lugging my bag up the stairs or because in China like if you're ever like even if I'm just like walking with my trolley on the sidewalk my colleague will be like here let me take that for you and, and you just like, don't let them do it yeah and you just let them do it because <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna let you just not do it right right and so polite yeah. Yeah. So sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. Um, but I had another question for you. So most of the people that were that are listening to this program are going to interact with people primarily via uh, be, being on webcam or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is there an expectation that you found because you're with people from all over the world, I'm sure on Zoom? Is that a big part of your job? Yeah, now it is. Um, Before I was traveling a lot more because working in construction, you have to visit project sites and meeting with engineers Mm. and with consultants. But now, yeah, we do everything over Zoom because we're not leaving. So it's been an adjustment here as well. Um, So would you say, is there a proper or is it different depending on who you're talking to, how much chit chat you should have at the beginning of a Zoom? before you get into the meat of it so that you're not rude? Have you come across that at all? (laughs) Not really. No, because I think, I think over Zoom and maybe I like it because I'm really like a direct person. Yeah. I don't really like all the chit chat. Um, And I think a lot of like, I think it's cutting out or at least that's what I've noticed like in mine is it cuts out a lot of that chit chat. Um, there's no real expectation for it. Cause if you have 10 people on a zoom, like it's hard enough to get everybody on. First of all, I absolutely agree with a huge conference call. 100% chit chat yeah. is just annoying. Don't do it. It's just <laughs> corporate, like fake jokes, right? Yeah, like let's just stick to the agenda and get off. And I feel like we're being so much more efficient now. Have you found that as well? Or- well, my career for the last four or five years, and even before then, has been via webcam because I've worked primarily with people from Mexico while living in yeah. the United States. Yeah. And so I've, I just have a lot of experience building relationships over webcam. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think this is an interesting discussion. What, uh, we're back here with Sarah Stupak, who is the director at Redwood Interiors. Uh, she resides in Hong Kong. And we are talking all about culture um, and cultural differences in business. Many small businesses are now just engaging with software companies from all over the world. VAs are the new thing. And so we're just talking to her about her experience working with, I mean, every culture in the book. Don't you think, Sarah? You've worked with Italians very closely. Yeah. I mean, name name all the cultures that you've worked with. I mean, I lived in London, but worked with a German company. So I was in Germany every other week for two years. Um, and then, yeah, I've worked in Shanghai, but building projects in the Philippines, Japan, Korea, um, even Saudi, um, running projects from China, but in Saudi, um, where else? Everywhere in Asia, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, India, 
So yeah, that's another point um, actually to bring up on these Zoom calls because it's harder to do chit chat on the Zooms because everybody speaks a different language, right? So English might not be their first language and it's hard to understand people even in person a lot of the times. So when you're doing it on Zoom, you just have to be a little bit more direct and like succinct in your delivery because do you find yes. that as well? Like speaking with people who don't speak English as a first language? Well, so our people are highly vetted and so they all speak English perfectly really well. well. We yeah. get into trouble with more of the legalities uh, in Mexico and like the because we have a legal Mexican company. So when we're dealing with people like lawyers that are on the ground, you know, boots on the ground in Mexico and they're not trying to work with American companies, maybe on a regular basis, that's where we run into some of the difficulties. But my husband speaks perfect Spanish and I I'm trying. I'm taking lessons every week, uh, but I my Spanish is not business it's not up to a business par yet. Um, but we, I, I do try to build relationships. So, you know, I may work with somebody for years mm. and only know them over webcam. And so mm. I have to build intimate working relationships with people over zoom. And so the way that we start any relationship is, uh, when we start working with people, we just have one thing that they know to expect on a call. So any of our meetings, we start with good news. And the good news is supposed to be one piece of good news, not that, like tons of good news. Just give me one thing. And it's supposed to be personal and professional so that people can share whatever their level of security with sharing about their personal life. Mm. They can feel comfortable just sharing a business win, or they can tell us about their cat or their partner or whatever is important to them in their life. And so I think at the beginning of a relationship, when we ever hire anyone in internally, we start with the good news. But I generally, if I have a one-on-one meeting with somebody, I generally start with, a, and I'm a driver too, Sarah, I, I have to work on this and I have to get myself to do it. But I spend five minutes first getting to know somebody, talking to them about their life or their work or what they want with their career, just anything personal before I get into the business Mm. aspect of it. And that's been really important for me over Zoom. The other thing with having all these like virtual relationships is, um, and and I guess I feel like American and Mexican cultures are just really similar. So that's why I'm super curious about your experience because I feel like maybe it's different. I don't know. But um one of the things is you have to call out, like if you have a long-term business relationship with some somebody, obviously at some point they're going to, you're going to get mad at each other. There's going to be conflict at one point. And so I find it helpful to call out subtle in a very like kind way, in a curious way, call out subtle moments of um, passive aggressiveness. So I'll be like, Hey, you know what? I'm probably reading into this too much, but I just felt like that email. And again, I might be just reading into it too much, but it was just not how we typically talk to each other. And I just wanted to call you up and just see if you and I are okay. Did I do something that, you know, just rubbed you the wrong way earlier? I just want to address it. Um, cause I care about our relationship. 
And then when you address the little stuff, it doesn't build up into the big stuff. And you mm. feel like you have to do that more often when you are remote because you don't have those little moments in an office where someone says something that kind of hurts, like by the water cooler and you're like, ouch. And then later they're like, I bought you Cheez-Its at the gas station. I know you like them. And it's like, fine. You don't have the, the recovery mechanisms that you do that you would have in an office. You also don't smell someone's gross sandwich, like peanut, you know, a tuna sandwich every single day too. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Yes. So that's a really good, that's a really good tip. I like that. Um, and building new relationships. I think that's so important. That's so important. I mean, I think I've been a little bit luckier because most of my relationships and I was saying that, that we're so lucky that this COVID happened at this point in our career, at least for me, because I already have a lot of those relationships built. Like I spent all those times at the water cooler and going out for dinners. And in China, a big thing is like, you don't do business with somebody until you get drunk with them because you see what they're like when they're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So, so wait, 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 we have to talk about this more. We have to talk about this more. So like you're interviewing with somebody and part of the interview process is to get drunk. Well, I have had that more than once where I've been on an interview and it's like been over a glass of wine, like for sure. Like that has definitely happened. Um, So is it like going out late? Yeah, totally. Because that's part of the culture. But I mean, the, the biggest area was like vendors. So like vendors that we had, so like contractors or labor that we would hire in, um, you know, they would be bidding for our projects and they would like take us for dinner and we would never sign the deal until we went and had the dinner and had the drinks. And it would be like people from both parts of the team, you know, like the project managers, different levels um, going out together because that's when you see like, okay, do we get along together? Like, can we socialize together? Do we have stuff to talk about? Like enough in common that we're going to be able to work on this project because we're going to see you every day for the next year or two years. Right. Let's make sure that this this, this is okay. <laughs> well, I won't say it's so different. I think in property management, our conventions yeah. can be a little bit wild. Yeah. But it's not like a require. I've never done that. Well, that's not true. I actually do this typically with. So this is a weird interview te- technique, especially in the U.S. Very uncommon. But if I'm hiring someone that I'm going to be working with regularly we um, take out the husband. We want to see the spouse or whoever the significant other is because uh, historically we've had these like maintenance companies and well, I don't know. It doesn't even have, but we've taken out people. We've had people on the team. We've invested a lot in them. And then the significant other ends up being so much drama that they end up being the reason why we can't have the person on the team because they like, they've done some crazy oh, things in that. years. Yeah. I've had that as well. That's a, <laughs> a great way to vet people. So, so we always take historically, if it's a domestic hire, we take out the, the person we're hiring and the spouse for dinner and maybe a drink or two before we do the offer, maybe for the same reason, but I don't feel like it's so wild. Like you're, you, 
that we have to get drunk together just seemed wild. Maybe it's really not. Maybe that's a thing that global I mean, it, phenomenon. It, it, it's really crazy because like it ends up with like, like so many times, like we've ended up at like bars or restaurants with like the people that we just had this like super serious meeting with who was like, who were, they were like explaining like government regulations and budgets and they're like laying on the floor under the table. <laughs> Like yeah. so drunk that they can't move, you know, and it's like, okay, this is where we are. And but that's not really that embarrassing. Is that what, cause like, if you did that in the U S that would be like, okay, that's a no, no, it's totally normal. And then people go into the office the next day and it's like, <laughs> good morning. It was a tough night last night. Ha, ha, ha. And then you just get on with your day and like people come to the office, like on time, like they're like, okay, oh my God. over, but here we are. And okay. Oh my gosh. Well, your job sounds fun. So, <laughs> so is that, is the culture one of the reasons you never moved back? Tell why, why have you chosen to never move back to the United States? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is that my network is here. Um, and when you build up those relationships with people, like that's so important. Um, like just having people that you can call on. I think it's helpful now that we, you know, we are doing everything by Zoom. Like just being able to like call people that I've known for 10 or 15 years and I've been working with them. Like it's easier to call people. And um, so I think network is a big thing. And then I think um, it's just exciting. It's exciting learning about new cultures. And I'm a really curious person. Like I always like learning new ways of doing business and new, you know, new everything. Right. So it's just so what's, fun. what's a recent thing that you were like, well, that's new. I didn't even know that was a thing um, uh, that you've learned in business from a different culture. And if you can't think of one, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> you really put me on the spot here. I know. I, I could see in your face that maybe I put you on the spot. I'm just going to tell you mine. So in the U.S., okay. we do not use WhatsApp. Like, I don't know anybody in the U.S. who uses WhatsApp. But WhatsApp is the way that people communicate in Mexico. And, like, it is pretty much the only way people communicate. And so there's a platform called Consego. Con Consego or something like that, where it's it's like a, a whole dashboard of WhatsApp conversations. So uh, instead of getting like a traditional phone system for our Mexico office and our internal Mexican processes, we're thinking of just getting a WhatsApp like dashboard. So that was new to me because we don't even use it here. And people in Mexico love voice messages. So it's like voicemail came back. It's the, same. it's the same in China, except in China, it's WeChat. So everybody uses uh, an app called WeChat. And it's it's the best app ever. Like I use WhatsApp in Hong Kong. It's WhatsApp. Um, and everywhere, like everywhere else in Asia, it's, it's WhatsApp or Line. Line is another big one. But in China, they have the best platform because WeChat is like Facebook, Twitter, um, it's all of the apps into one. Like you can buy fruit on WeChat and like have it sent to your office. Like here, oh I gosh. just a local fruit. You pay with it. Like it's your paying app. Like nobody in China uses money anymore. So wait, 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 wait. It, it's like having DoorDash, but in in your social media. In so your, they'll, yeah. they'll send you the, they'll like bring the fruit to your house. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring and it. And it's they, all in your social media app. Anything delivered. So every, there's like a shopping platform in there, right? Cool. And it's like everything all in one app. It's amazing. That is cool. So it is interesting because so what we do is we hire people from Mexico to work at small, medium property size property management companies. And so uh, we do some initial training and then we hand over the training for the operational tasks to the company um, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be assigned to and work for on a day to day basis. And so we're always telling our clients like, okay, download WhatsApp. This is how you're going to, you know, if someone loses electricity or internet service, you need this other app because that's how you're going to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, I don't even know what that is, but in the rest of the world, it's huge. Yeah. So everywhere else, even in Europe, everybody in Europe, it is too. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who was selling it to me was from some, I think it was from Norway or something, Mm -hmm. but that's one of those beautiful moments where I did, I had uh, two people from Mexico. I'm from the U S and some Norwegian guy. And we're all talking about, uh, WhatsApp. And it was just kind of one of those cool moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I love, I love the world. I love all the people. And we're so connected. Yeah. That's nice. We are. My dear friends and a friend from college, Sarah Stupak, who is the director at Redwood Interiors, and she makes high-rise buildings in giant cities look absolutely gorgeous inside and out, and has been in an international construction industry forever, um, since basically since we got out of college. And we're talking to her about working with people from a lot of other cultures. So what what I want to get into is common mistakes that Sarah sees Americans make when they're dealing with people from other countries. Because the worst thing for anybody, maybe not the worst, but one of the things is embarrassment. So we all want to avoid embarrassment and we all want to be good people. We all want to be nice to people. And we're just worried that we're going to inadvertently offend somebody or do something wrong. So can you just shed light on how Americans screw it up and ways that we can overcome it? Um, One of the things that's probably more relevant right in this time is um, I do, I have a lot of American clients and um, they seem to be like super focused on their own schedules. And so anytime there's like a conference call that has to be done, that's a global conference call. Like maybe you have people in Europe, you have people in Asia, and it's always, always notoriously done on the American schedule. Mm. Um, Cause they're like, okay, this is my schedule. This is when we can do it. So in Asia, we always end up having like really late calls. So it's something just to be like considerate about that yes. like maybe switching the call sometimes because I think, I mean, everybody always says, oh, it's, it's with the Americans. So we always have to do it on their schedule. Like everybody in every company that I, you know, like my friends and everybody, they all Such say good kind of Yeah. I've been guilty of that. Well, I think I, I was working with a girl from Israel and I was aware and I would tell her, I was like, look, seriously, I, I feel so bad, but I didn't press enough. I wasn't like, no, really, we're doing it on your schedule. I was like, oh, so sorry. It's 10 p.m. your time anyway. So <laughs> now I feel bad about that. <laughs> I, I get it, right? I get it. But it's like at the same time, like just maybe you try to be conscious and yeah. every other call you can switch or, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a really good tip. What else do you have? Like what other things do Americans do that 
we may um, seem inconsiderate? Um, I find like, at least in my experience, like a lot of times Americans will come in and I think I've been guilty of this too. Like, um, trying to set up systems like americans we love setting up systems <laughs> oh my god i totally really complicated <laughs> where sometimes it like doesn't need to be that complicated and so everybody else is like oh my god we have to sit and listen to this there's a presentation for everything for everything so introduction to the company presentation introduction to this project presentation like and there's like they, it's just too much. Like you don't necessarily need all of those like steps and, and systems put in place. Like just maybe being open to how things are done in the local culture. Like, just- So do we try to formalize everything in a, yeah. in a way that it does not need to be formalized? Yes. And I think, I don't know what it is because I find myself doing it as well. Like I'm always like, ooh, let's put a system together for this. And then it's like more complicated to put the system together and like train people how to use it than if we just kind of went with it and let people do it the way that they've been doing it. And it's actually been okay. Like it's that is really funny because I'm a systems psycho and I'm like, did you put it in the process? Did you write it down in the process? Is the process pretty? Let me see your process. I'm so I'm totally guilty of that. And I know you're probably right. And I'm so not going to change. I'm yeah, not, I, know. I love my systems. <laughs> but that's but really that's, that is one thing. That is one thing. Okay, so this is a tangent, but yeah. anyone listening, I found this new tool that I'm obsessed with. It's called Powtoons, and Ooh. it's it. If you use Powtoons instead of um, PowerPoint, game changer. It makes your PowerPoint into a cartoon. Oh, that's so cool. And it's like super easy to use. So uh, Powtoons, that's my newest business. Okay, I'm going to check it out. So at least if you're going to do your presentation because you're just American and that's what you're going to do, at least make it a Powtoons one. At least they'll think it's interesting looking. Make it fun, right? Yeah. Interesting, right? And I think that goes back to like the connection thing as well. Like building relationships with people, like it doesn't always have to be so formal right? Like we can mm. be a little bit more relaxed and we don't have to like have everything all lined out, right? Like you kind of just feel what the other person is looking to learn and just be curious about them, right? So do you think that we lack curiosity in a general way? I think so. And so in some really? way, I mean, sometimes I find that like, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess everybody's guilty of that in a certain way. Like my way is the best way, right? And that's another common complaint about Americans is like that we're arrogant and that we always know the best way. And we like to talk a lot, right? Like we like to tell everybody what we know. (laughs) So we talk more than the average, like most people. Yeah. Oh my God, that's really funny. I, I feel like I'm so American. I'm so guilty of all these things. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh my gosh. So one, one of the funny ones is um, the smiles. So um, we have well, like between my friends and like some of my colleagues, like we have like what we call our American smiles because in all the photos we're like super <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> and some of my German colleagues like would ask me like I just don't understand why you Americans smile all the time like why do you always smile 
And I was like, I don't know. We just do. <laughs> like, how do you explain that? So do they think it's just cheesy? Like it's just yeah. disingenuous? Yes, they, that's exactly what they think. They're like, it just seems really fake. Like, so do we seem fake real. as a culture? Um, I, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, to some people, for sure. I mean, I got that comment a lot more when I was in Europe. Um, and especially with, with the Germans, I don't know. But also, that, you, yeah, that you were fake? They wouldn't say directly, <laughs> but it would be more like those kind of conversations. Like, why do Americans do this? And I would be asking like, well, why do Germans do this? Right? Like, and when you have that relationship with people, you kind of feel like you can be a little bit more candid about like those kind of differences. Um, so, but yeah, just kind of interesting to think about. So I was like, I don't know why we smile like that, but I totally still do it all the time. But I am, it does make me more conscious of it now. Like mm. I definitely do think about it more. Like so authenticity, I do feel like maybe what we need to do is be a little bit more curious about how other people do things. And so just to relate this back to a small business person who may have their first remote professional working for them, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always a fan of showing people, you know, how we, of course, if someone comes on the team, you're going to show them how you do it now. But once they gain your respect, you trust them, they're doing it the way that you think it should be done to a high level of competence, then it really is good for them and for you to ask them, hey, you know, do you see any way that you can improve this? You've been doing it for a little bit uh, of time. And um, I've always been impressed with some of the things where they've been really conscious of money and they're like, oh no, we don't need, uh, that software would make my life easier, but it's expensive for what it would do. And I don't think we need it, but always, you know, asking the person and treating them like, okay, you're the expert at this role now. So what do you think we should do with it? What role? do you think? Yeah. And I think that's part of the being curious, right? Like just always being engaged and getting feedback. And I mean, we can't do everything by ourselves, right? Like no. that's why we have teams and that's why we have, yeah, like people working with us, right? Because we can do so much more if we're working as a team and everybody has their own insights and collecting information. So yeah, it's definitely good to get that kind of feedback and, Not, and having them be comfortable enough to share that feedback. Right. Well, that's like, a huge that's deal. That's mm -hmm. a huge deal. The comfort level. And so people call this culture. I think it's, uh, it's derived based on the economy of the company or the country that you're working in. So mm -hmm. obviously in Mexico, the economy isn't as good as the U.S. So uh, there's a fear factor that I'm going to lose my job if I give you feedback. So it's very important in Mexico if you really want people to be true team members and you want to hear the brilliant things they have to say, you want to hear what their ideas are, you have to give them psychological security that if they break something or if something goes wrong, they're not going to get fired. It's extremely important. You have to build that trust first before they're going to give you their all. Otherwise, they're going to hedge the bets based yeah. on their need to have an income because if this job goes south, there's a fear that they won't have something to fall back on. And that's not cultural. It's just because the economy is the way it is. And yeah, if it were in the U.S., it would be exactly the same way. And mm -hmm. so a, a lot of the things uh, that we think of as cultural are just economic realities to people. So, yeah. so that's been an interesting thing. 
And that's definitely not true. I don't have that experience at all because most of the economies that I've worked in are really like in an upswing, right? So mm-hmm. it's been more of a challenge because people tend to change jobs just for money, right? Like, oh, ah. I, can, I can get another job for more money. So bye, see you later. So it's really like building relationships, or at least I found like building relationships and seeing what those drivers are. Like, is it just money or are they interested in building a team and building up a history of working with people? And I, I always like when I interview people, I always look for the latter, right? Like, cause you're never going to win by just like paying people more money and more money and more money. Like there's a, a limit to that, right? That, that you can yeah. offer. So, so I think this spend, is- yeah. I'm just seeing a commonality here. So you're working in an economy that's booming. And so you have to really care about people personally so that they don't up and leave you for a better job. In uh, Working with people from Mexico, which isn't the best economy, I have to care about them personally so that they feel comfortable enough to give me their best selves in the job. So it just, in the end, yeah, we just, we need to really know who we're working with and, and show an interest and care about people. Right. Right. We can have high expectations and still care about people personally. So regardless, yeah, regardless of any of the other things going on. Well, this is such a fun conversation. I'm here with Sarah Stupak, um, who is the director at Redwood interiors. Uh, she is an international businesswoman, but she's been working internationally for a long time. And we're just talking about cultural differences in business um, and applying it to a lot of the small and medium-sized companies and people working for them that may be listening to this podcast, vlog, radio show on 1290 Coil. So I want to just talk about some some just simple things. So let's just go to email. So I'm a big exclamation, not too big of an, I know there's like a, a period to exclamation ratio that you have to make. Well, I make, so I sound excited, but um, not crazy. But I wonder if my exclamation points may still seem crazy if I were working with people from other countries. Do you have a sense about that? I mean, I am also an exclamation point person. Um, and I probably haven't thought about it too much. Not really a lot of people use exclamation points here. I it's another really American it. thing. It Maybe. goes with our smiles. And I think that I usually don't use them for work. Like if I really think about it, I don't really use them in work. I use it more for personal, but at work it's like, I just switch and I'm like, okay, no exclamation points. Oh, because so you do it for American audience. Like with your family and friends from the United States. Oh, interesting. So do you think that I would seem crazy to people or they just. I think that honestly, when you work with so many different cultures, like when you have people from three or four different nationalities, you just kind of learn not to read too much into that stuff because you're like, well, they're from a different culture. So. So you let a lot of things go. You let a lot of things go because you realize, and maybe that also comes with experience because maybe when I was younger, I would read more into it. Um, I still like get a little bit shocked when I get emails from Chinese suppliers where everything is in caps. And then I have to Oh, remember. tell us more about that. Cause that yeah. does seem like yelling to a U.S. audience. So right? it's all caps, not yelling. It's not yeah, yelling. No, no, because oh. if you think about it, like in China, like they're, they, they write in Chinese. 
So for them, like having it be all oh cash, my gosh. it's nothing because it's like the, yeah, I mean, it's- That makes so much sense. It's a different system, right? So they don't think of smaller case and upper case letters. So what I love about this though, is it's giving people the benefit of the doubt. So I think this is a key point with working with different cultures is to expect the best, not the worst. So I'm going to give an example. Uh, we went to, and this is actually in the United States, but we went to uh, Cinco de Mayo festival, which by mm-hmm. the way, they don't even, you, th- that's not even real yes. holiday in yeah, Mexico, but that. it is, it is a holiday for Mexican Americans. So we went to the area of town that there was very little English spoken, but we just wanted our kids to get a little bit different culture. And people were leaving trash out a little bit. And my kids noticed, and they were like, why are they, why is there trash everywhere? And the reason is, is to give people jobs. So you want your, somebody has to pick it up. And so that's, it's nice because it was giving people jobs. A job to do. So So I think it's important to give people the benefit of the doubt when you're working with different cultures and just assume that there's a reason for why they're doing it Mm. as opposed to uh, seeing it in a negative light. And I actually coach on this a lot uh, at work and this almost doesn't have anything to do with cultures, but um, because webcam is so, it's so much more difficult to build relationships. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of relationships go south over really silly things. And so I bring up the three most common reasons for conflict at work that I think there are. One is, um, misunderstanding, a clear misunderstanding, like the caps. Oh, they're yelling at me. No, they're not. They just don't understand your, your alphabetic system. Like chill out. Um, so total misunderstanding. The second one is, a misalignment of priorities. So you're either prioritizing um, speed versus quality or do this task over that task. And it's just not clear what the expectation is. And so you've got to get in alignment on that. And then the third reason is not being situationally aware. So for instance, if I come from HP and when I got onboarded at like some giant company, uh, HR did everything for me. And I, there was kind of an expectation that HR is going to do everything for you. But then you come to a really flat organizational company and then you treat the HR lady like she works for you. It doesn't go over well. So, but that's not that that person is a jerk. It's just that they didn't have a situational awareness. Mm-hmm. But the human brain always wants to say, say the person's a jerk first. It takes mm-hmm. an extra level to be like, they're not a jerk. I'm, I'm almost certain they're not a jerk. It's just, I'm not, I'm not understanding this. I, I'm not getting what they're, you know, I'm not picking up what they're putting down. Right. So I, I, I see that in work a lot, not just cross-culturally or in other instances where I really yeah. have to learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sorry, that was like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but that makes sense. And it reminds me of two things. So the first one is, yeah, like empathy, like just having empathy for people because people have a bad day and maybe they just come off like it comes off a little funny or, you know, or it's not their first language. So like they might say things like a little weird. Like that's one thing I always notice with, I had a French client and this woman would, you would like explain something to her and she would always say, but of course, but of course. And I would take that like, 
like, I'm just trying to explain something to you. You don't have to like pretend like you already know and blah, blah. Like I was taking it like that. But then I realized like, that's just a common phrase in French. Like they, that's just like saying, okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah, well, so just like not getting triggered by that that phrase and it took me like a while to be like oh okay she doesn't mean it in a negative way right like you just have to kind of let it go well Um, I had that experience learning Spanish I was missing I was uh thinking I was saying dog tail because I was talking about my dog to some little kids and I was saying butthole in Spanish (laughs) (laughs) they were like like they were like, oh my God, who is this insane blonde lady? And she's clearly crazy. And I was like talking about my dog and like the most inappropriate conversation. And yeah, it was terribly embarrassing. Like, I don't know what and it say. happened like two days ago. So, so yeah. Um, well, Sarah, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just wanted to say one more thing. One yeah. more recommendation I could give is I just read um, Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. Have you read that? No. That please. It's so good. And it's about like how people's reactions, like how we analyze people's reactions who are strangers. So that would be a really mm. good thing to like read. But as an audiobook, it's also really good because he puts music and like real life interviews in there as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks for the book recommendation. You know, I'm always up for those. So Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. It's so much fun. Um, I love talking to you as always. Um, And we just really appreciate you coming on Bootstrappers. So with that, stay hungry, break things and strap on those business boots. This is Bootstrappers. This has been Bootstrappers a unique presentation designed to help you better understand what makes the world turn. Contact Gwen or Jeremy Aspen at hosts at bootstrapper.club. Join us next time on News Talk 1290 KOIL at our website or download the podcast.